1: Great to be back with you, folks. Here we are coming to you live from uh, Southland Christian Camp. And man, I know yesterday was just filled with testimonies and opportunity to learn about God's Word, and I certainly hope all that you are listening to us today, all of you who are listening to us, uh, have your own testimony that you can share. We're really honored that you would take this time and allow us to come across your airwaves. We want to say hi around the world to you. I think we had four continents last time. We did Apple-letics and uh, Appleletics, or whatever they call it, which is analytics, but they put Apple, You know, Apple's taking over everything, praise God. I mean, pretty soon there's gonna be Apple Max instead of Big Macs and stuff. I don't know, pretty soon there'll be Apple cars, but God is in control. And I wanna tell you something, friends. I wanna to talk to you tonight. Uh, I want to talk to you out of Genesis chapter 37, if you could turn with me. Joseph, there's a lot going on in the Bible, and, and Joseph is one of two people in the Bible who never had anything bad said about him. I don't know about you, of course Christ, but Christ is not a human being. So we have Joseph and Daniel. i got to warn you people who are listening, there's people within this room making weird smiles and stuff at me. So if I get weird on you tonight, blame it on those people who are listening. Uh, I don't think the air conditioning is working in here. I, I don't know what's going on. But I want to talk to you about Joseph. So if we if we figure out Joseph's story, boy, and, and we put ourselves maybe and Joseph's story is not a great one, is it? You know, uh, so uh, Joseph had a dad. What was his dad's name? Quickly, Jacob. Jacob. What was Jacob's dad's name? Isaac. What was Isaac's dad's name? Yeah, so we can go back. Father Abraham had many sons. I'd sing it, but Liberty and Stephanie cut my singing career short. But Father Abraham had a son who was Isaac, remember? And Isaac was the one that was going to be given on the altar there and, and those types of things. And and, uh, uh, and 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 then so Isaac has a couple sons. One son's a hairy dude. And I was, I was looking at chance when I said, nothing against saying you're hairy or anything, but one son's hairy, the other son wasn't. So he had a couple sons, Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob and Esau. I said Jasek. I don't know what I said, but in some countries they would take that and name their child that. There's a kid somewhere in Africa called Carragher Douglas, so it's, it's messed up. He's probably listening to this today, and uh, he's no relation to Barack Obama, praise God. But anyway, as we <laughs> as we cruise along, you have Jacob and Esau, and Esau is the older brother. And, you know, and Mom, Mama spoiled Jacob, didn't she? Mom spoiled Jacob, mom gave Jacob a way out. It's never good to spoil one of your kids more than others. And uh, it's, it's, you know, some bad things is going on. So Jacob, they set up this deal where, and uh, so Isaac, what's happening to Isaac? He's dying, right? And so as he's dying, he calls in who? He calls in Esau, he tells his kids, I'm dying. Go get me some meat. Esau was a hunter and we saw a deer over here. We almost hit one the other day. Go get me some meat, go make this happen. And of course, mom had some prime rib, hit it in the refrigerator or something. And they send old Esau out there and Jacob makes believe he puts fur on his arms. You guys remember the story. It's better than any movie of the week. And, and so you, you, you strove to get two things from your dad in those days. You wanted his blessing. And what else did you want back then? His birthright, the bees, right? The blessing in the birthright. And so he had already given up his, uh, his birthright, right, because he had come in, he was a little ways from the house, and his brother wouldn't even share a bottle of Gatorade of water with him. He's like, no, man, you don't get anything unless you give me, you know, don't, people, some people stink. Can I be upfront with you? 50% of the population are total knuckleheads, and the sooner we accept that, the better off we are. But all of them need to get saved so they'll come out of being knuckleheads. But even some people are saved in knuckleheads. We talked about that earlier, didn't we? So if you're a knucklehead and you're listening to us, you need to get right, go to knucklehead Recovery.com. No, I'm only joking. So, so he steals his birthright, he steals his blessing, and here he comes along, and, he, and once you take things the wrong way, yeah, knucklehead recovery, someone's going to buy that page tonight. Uh, and, uh, but once you, once you do something that way, once you, once you steal birthrights, once you steal blessings, once you lie, once you cheat, Uh, Brethren, I'll tell you this, when you cheat, when you lie, when you slide, uh, you're stuck. And so Jacob had to take off and uh, he had to leave because he had stolen all this stuff for Esau. So mama who spoiled, who spoiled Jacob, mama who did those things and and, uh, who spoiled Jacob and and, uh, she stuck with Esau after all. And Esau's theology, everything gets messed up. But Jacob, where does Jacob go? He goes to his uncle Laban. Now, was Uncle Laban a good guy? No, Uncle Laban was a real knucklehead, right? But here's the weird thing, he comes along, so he comes cruising along and he sees Uncle Laban. Uncle Laban's got some daughters out there. Now, back in this day, it was a little bit like West Virginia. You married cousins and stuff. I, I get that. And it, those of you in West Virginia who listen to me, forgive me, we've got a couple of West Virginians here. But anyway, uh, it's only a joke, I don't mean it. but. Uh, No cousins are getting married and going to Marshall University, I promise. But anyway, oh, West Virginia uh, University playing on the football team. But anyway, think about this, though, for a minute. This is a very serious note. She's been wearing a West Virginia jacket all week football. But but think about this, think about this. He comes along and he sees two women and in that day you were dressed from head to toe. In that day, you were completely covered. You saw about that much of your face. And uh, he comes along and he meets Rachel. And who's Rachel's sister? Leah. Leah, right? And he thinks Rachel is the bomb. He says, man, Rachel, her continence must have been great. And, you know, perhaps there were many other external features, but he knew that Rachel was his girl. So immediately this guy makes a deal. He's, a, he's about making deals. And so he goes and he tells his uncle Laban he wants to marry Rachel. And so his uncle makes a deal you work for me for seven years so if you have a daughter you can get seven years out of people and uh, he said you worked for me for seven years did Charles work for you for seven years no no but he did put in a few years at the end of his life before they left for Africa and he makes this deal and he works for him now weddings of this day to put this all into perspective weddings of that day you're covered from head to toe and stuff they were at night remember I told you weddings changed in John chapter 2 and so he goes into a wedding it's the middle of the night you don't see your bride stuff like that he gets married to the wrong bride that'll mess you up right you go home with the wrong person I mean that's like Jerry Springer kind of stuff that's bad you know and uh, so then he makes a deal he has to do so he has to do a seven day honeymoon then work seven more years for Rachel but he gets Rachel after seven days after the honeymoon so anyway to make a long story short they all move in uh, he's married to two women. He's doing seven more years for laboring. But when your life is messed up and it's sideways and it's outside of God's will, that's the way your family's going to turn out. That's the way things are going to work out. When you're doing things sideways, when you're lying, when you're going about things the wrong way, that's how life turns out. So he has these two wives, and uh, he passes by Leah in the hallway, and she gets pregnant, praise God. Rachel couldn't get pregnant. They were things going on that way. It was tough, it was ugly, it was. uh, And then Rachel finally has a baby. What's the baby's name? Joseph, right? So we know a couple things about Joseph. He was a pretty good guy. We know that Rachel was his mama. we knew someone else came along. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. Come with me, uh, if you would, to Genesis 37. I think we've calmed down the crowd in here, folks, so we should be all right. And here we are in Joseph, it says in verse number five of chapter 37, dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in a field. And lo, my sheave arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheave. Dear God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit we have. Thank you for the brother and sisters who've given testimonies tonight. Thank you for the brother who sang, the sisters who sang the piano playing. But God, most of all, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us a testimony. We come to you tonight, Lord, and we beg you that you would have your way in our hearts and our minds. Oh Lord, sometimes we hurt, uh, but Lord, you alone can take those hurts from us. Sometimes our lives, uh, boy, they're messy, Lord. You can clean up that mess. You can unscramble our lives. Do that, Lord, please. We pray tonight, Lord, that you would take my words and make them yours. You would take anything on my lips that are not honoring, that do not bring you glory, and strike them. Be with us in Christ's name." So Joseph had a dream and he's talking about this dream and basically he's saying we're in a field and my sheave is higher than you, my brothers. And his brothers get pretty mad. When you're older brothers, you start messing with your older brothers. They're going to, my my family, everybody beat on me. Three sisters were bigger than me. They beat on me. My older brother beat on me. I get where Joseph's coming from here. If I ever told them I had a dream, if it wasn't from God, brother Leon, it'd be all over. You know what I'm saying? they would have beat the snot out of me. My mother used to leave a list of chores to be done at the house, you know, wash the dishes, do this, and she'd put names next to them. She wouldn't get out of the driveway to go to work and everybody's name would be crossed out and they'd be dug next to them all. I mean, it was, it was just, ah, man, I, I didn't know what it was like to go outside of the high dish hands my whole life. And then my one sister who was in charge of making our lunches for man, we had the worst school lunches you ever we had and we would have uh, brother chance. I hate to tell you this, but i got to be up front with you, man. We had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and, and that didn't make it bad. What made it bad is she would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for five kids plus four foster kids for the entire week and put them in the freezer. And every morning, the bags would hit the table and you would hear As she loaded the bags with those frozen sandwiches, nobody at school would switch with you. It was done. Those were your sandwiches. And, and so I know what it's like to have older brothers and sisters. I call them shamwages. I was the skinniest kid you ever seen. I turned, man, I tell you, light would shine right through me back then. I was just, that wasn't good eating back there, man. I turned sideways, the wind would blow me away. And then he said, and it, so it says, for behold, we were binding in verse number seven, these sheaves, in the field, and lo, my Shiva rose. So he said, I'm in charge of you guys. Obeisance is a military term. You listen to my commands. Look at verse number eight. And his brethren said unto him, shall thou indeed reign over us or have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and his words. And number nine, you want to talk about slapping again? Look at number nine. And he dreamed yet another dream, and he told it to his brethren, behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. Can you imagine how they felt about this? They're like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that all of us, plus mom and dad, are going to make obeisance to you? We're going to have to listen to what you're saying. We're going to be under your command. We're going to be under your control. Are you telling us that we're going to deal this way? And basically he said, hey, I had this dream. I don't know what to tell you. So so he goes and he tells dad about this just to make things quick. And dad's like, go out in the fields and work. You know, sometimes you just get disgusted with your kids. It's like, go to work and be quiet. Go! Move out! you know like that and and our kids would play us a little bit you know Debbie was the disciplinarian I was the cool parent you know what I mean I was all <laughs> some, and so they'd get to a point where I go just go I don't want to hear it they go Shh. Emmy one time Emmy came with us to Georgia sat in the middle of the floor no one paid it that messed her up man three years old she was all messed up she's like mm, mm, mm. every time we went by her about an hour into it I finally picked her up praise God I caved no one else did and uh <laughs> But so look what it says at 19, and they said one to another. So he's going out to the field, and dad told him, your brothers are in the field, they're working. Verse number 19 of this same chapter, and they said one to another, meaning his brothers, behold, the dreamer cometh. So they're already... They're already saying, hey, the dreamer's coming. And, and just to make a long story short, they're out there and they come up with this idea. We're going to throw Joseph in this pit. We're going to sell him to the Ishmaelites, who, by the way, come under Esau's command, are on that side of the family where Jacob messed up. It's messy when you got to go through your own evilness. you got to go through your own craziness. you got to live that. It's messy when those things happen. That's why we stop. That's why we give our sin to the Lord. That's why we stop and make right with people. That's why Matthew 18 is in the Bible. you got old Uncle Esau being all messed up. Joseph gets sold to the Ishmaelites and, and uh, it, it sits there and they killed a the goat. They took his jacket. Joseph had a coat of many colors and, and we know the significance there. He was sold for 20 pieces of silver in slavery and we know the significance of the coat of many colors. Colors were expensive. They would use berries. The color blue was really hard to make. Purple was even harder. So purple became the color of royalty and most people just wore a solid yellowish color, a gold color, the robes. They would try to make them black or something like that. It be one solid Carl and he's got a coat of many colors and they take his coat and they dip it in goat blood and they sell Joseph into slavery. Now, I've always been amazed that, amazed by that Joseph, that his brothers would sell him into slavery. But more amazing than that is he gets on this slave caravan or whatever it is. And if you think about this, this really makes you think too, he was sold. Uh, to this general. He was sold to the captain of the guard and the captain of the guard in this particular term is like the joint chief of staff of the American military. This is a high ranking person. This is a person of position. This is a person that you sell your best slave to. This is a person that you don't let down. This is a person that you keep the best person for. You know, this is a person that you go out of your way. This slave is going to him. He wants a slave. He's going to get the best slave. He's going to get Joseph. And the Bible tells us here, starting in chapter 39, moving ahead, a couple of chapters. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, a captain of the God, an Egyptian, brought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. I always stop here whenever I read this, whenever I hear this, whenever I hear this preached, whenever I look at this. And and a man whose body was owned by somebody else, a man who was sold for 20 pieces of silver, a man whose only jacket was taken from him, a man whose life was upside down. And God's saying he was a prosperous man. And and folks, you know, sometimes we look at our value, sometimes we look at our identity, we look at our lives, and we say, we're of no value. And God's saying, wait a minute, this slave, this, this Hebrew slave boy named Joseph with a coat of many colors, whose life was upside down, whose brothers hated him, whose world wasn't working right, he was a prosperous man. So what made him prosperous? He had a relationship with God. Everywhere he went, he did the best he could do. He tried to do the best. You see, there was generational sin going on at this time. It could have been real easy to pick up old Jacob's sin. It could have been real easy to be a liar, to be a cheater, to escape, to do all those different things, to be somebody like your dad. How many people do we know who say, I'm not better than my fathers? Have we we seen that before in Scripture? I'm no better than my fathers. Yeah. Although Elijah said that, right? The tishbite, and uh, I'm not better than my fathers. People say that People say that in 2022. I'm no better than those people who came in front of me. Joseph didn't play that game. Joseph was a prosperous man, it says in verse two. and he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian, and the master saw that his Lord was in them, was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did prosper in His hand. Folks, if you work for somebody, you better work hard. You serve the God of all creation, man. <laughs> they better see that the master is with you. The God of all creation was with Joseph, and, and he could see it. Everything he put in his hand was prosper, was prosperous to his owner, to Potiphar. And look at verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his whole house and all that he had been put in his hand. So if you go ahead and read some John Phillips and you go and look at Worsby and all these different commentaries, they all say one thing. This is unheard of. We're making the leader, the overseer of our house, a slave. Well, how can that happen? How can these things change? How can we take a guy, a Hebrew boy, who undoubtedly had to learn the language? With everything else going on in his life, he was a Hebrew-speaking boy. How in the world does he become prosperous? How in the world does he got? There's some jealous folks around this guy. I'm being upfront with you. He's a, uh, he's a mover and a shaker for God. He, he's the guy who's up first thing in the morning. And he's out there listening to the Bible, reading the Word of God. He's changing things. He's, his life's going to be a little different. And, and uh, it says, and it came to pass, and all that he had been put, look at what it says here, and four. I want to go back to verse 4 for a second. It says, and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over the whole house. And that last sentence, I want you to pay, pay particular attention to the end of that sentence. It says that all that he had, he put into his hand. You know what he said, I've got a lot to do. I'm the Joint Chief of Staff. I'm the captain of the guard. I gotta, you know, I gotta go be with Pharaoh. I gotta make sure that my troops are doing right. If he's not the highest ranking person in the Egyptian army, he's one of the three or four, is what most people believe. And he says, I've got this guy, Joseph, I can trust him in all that I do. You see, Joseph found joy in the Lord. Joseph found joy in what the Lord had for him to do. Joseph decided that it was going to be about God. It wasn't going to be about his set of circumstances. It wasn't going to be about all that. And it came to pass in verse number from the from the time that he made him overseer in the house and over all he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. That's something. When you work for somebody and he blesses your boss for your sake, mm-hmm. you've succeeded. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands and he knew not all he had. He had no idea what the ledger was saying. He had no idea what was coming in, what was going out. He had no idea, he just knew things were working, things were going great. That's the kind of employee you want to be. That's the kind of Christian you want to be. Save the bread which he did eat and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Folks, we find joy in the Lord. When we find joy in the Lord, we're well favored. We're a goodly person. It doesn't matter who we see on the other side of the mirror. It matters who God sees doesn't matter who we think we are. It matters who God thinks we are. It doesn't matter whether we're a slave or in bondage. It doesn't matter where we came from. Joseph was thrown in a pit. His coat of many colors was dipped in goat blood. Joseph knew in his mind, I'm gone. Dad's going to think I'm dead. They're telling Joseph what's going on. We hate you. Got you, dreamer boy. Get out of here. We wrote a song. We'll sing that. Uh, Stephanie will sing that song tomorrow night. Uh, Stephanie has a beautiful song about that. And it says in verse 7, and it came to pass after these things that he was the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. You know, the first time I saw this, a bunch of things came to my mind. One of the things came to my mind is here's a very rich woman who's bathed, who's taken care of, who has all the nice clothes. I mean, rich people have money. Rich people live good. This is a woman who's controlling part of Joseph's life. It would be very easy for an ungodly person to do the wrong thing here. It would be very easy to make the mistress of the house happy. It would be very easy from an ungodly perspective to partake in those types of things. It would be very, but, but Joseph's not about easy. He's about getting joy from God. He's about plugging in and doing the right things. He's about godly things. He's about those things. But he refused and said unto his master's hi, uh, wife Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in this house, and he hath committed all that he had to his hand. And uh, he comes right back to her and says, no, no, nope. my master trust me. Then he says in verse 9, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither have he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He brings the God card in there. Look at verse number 10. And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day. That's how the devil works. He goes after that same bruise every day. You ever wonder how people end up marrying a moron or bad things happen in their life? Because the devil comes back every day. It takes that person who's close to God to say, no, I'm going with God. You can punch that bruise all you want. I'm not doing it. That's what Joseph's saying here. No. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went in the house to do business, and there was none of the men in the house there within. Joseph looked around and everybody's gone. A busy house, probably, you know, by, by our terms, type of a plantation. Uh, I mean, this huge thing is going on. He gets in there and he's all alone with, uh, with the wife, with Potiphar's wife here. And, she, and, and look what it says. And the men of the house there within, there were none there. Verse 12, and she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in his hand and fled and got out. The only guy in the Bible to lose two jackets right there, Joseph. Don't loan your jacket to Joseph when you get up to heaven, praise God. He can't be trusted, man. It's a, you don't take a boat ride with Paul, you don't loan Joseph your jacket. You just don't do it. I, I, and, you know, I know there's a crystal sea. No, Joseph, get away from my leather jacket, praise God. I bought that Dillard's over there right next to the crystal sea. Stay away from it, man. And uh, that thing fits me perfect. And just to make a long story short, we know what happens here. Potiphar's wife gets mad. She outs him and, and turns everything around. Isn't that the way the devil always works? Turn things completely around and said, you know, Joseph is wanting to do this with me. He tells her husband, all those different things are going on. You can only imagine what happens. Joseph goes to jail. Sometimes it's hard for those of us who seek joy from the Lord and trust in his words. Sometimes there's some weird turns that happen in our lives. Sometimes we find ourselves in that place of crying. Sometimes we find ourselves in that place in, in, in those little rooms we hide in. Sometimes we find our place in not the best, you know, not the best perspective. Sometimes we're not happy with ourselves or what's going on. Joseph goes to jail. I mean, now if anybody should be able to complain, it's Joseph here you should go to jail. And, you know, everybody in jail says I'm innocent. Doesn't matter who you talk to in jail, I'm innocent. I was down in Florida. They took me around. I was preaching to everybody. They took me down to death row. Everybody told me they're I seen this one old guy, he man, I'm guilty. He said, I'm the most guilty person you ever met, but God saved me. The only person in jail I ever met who said, he, I'm guilty. I never met anyone. They messed me up. I told the warden, I was walking around with the water, and I said, that guy tells me he's guilty. And he said, he's on death row. And he says, I hope he gets a stay. That guy's right with God. You know, everybody says they're innocent. Joseph gets there, and, and what happens with Joseph? There he goes, moving up again. People trust. God should know you. And when God does, people know God through you. You better be on your knees. Joseph this whole time is like, God, I don't know why my brothers did this to me. Probably he's praying. He's a young man. He's 17 years old when all this goes on. You know, 13 years of his life are taken up by the time we get to the end of this story. I remember I was 17 when I joined the army. And I was, they could have thrown me in the grass. I would have grown out there. I mean, I was dumb, man. They, I was just trying to figure out where I was and what was going on and Joseph's living this. So he comes along and so the Pharaoh gets mad at his baker and butler. He throws them in jail. Man, people in these days, people threw people in jail all the time. I wish I could do that today. I know a few people I'd throw in jail right now. People who lie, people who aren't saved, knuckleheads, throw them in jail. We could name names, right? we could send a list, we'd probably have two or three of the same people, praise God. Three people are on this list, go get them, pick them up, put them in jail. You know, uh, you know make, them, make them clean the toilets. I don't know. Get rid of them. Rid of them. <laughs> but Joseph gets there, and, and the butler and baker are there, and they have a dream. And what does Joseph do? He, you know the story. He translates the dream. And, uh, and he says, I'll translate these dreams for you, but you've got to remember me. And then they get back with the Pharaoh, and he remembers them. They remember them. And they get them back out. And, and, and you know, there's, there's some bad things that happen. You know, the baker. What happens to the baker? I wouldn't let go of the baker that's been my problem I got carbohydrates problems you know I had problems tonight with that pizza there's no reason on God's green earth I should have had four or five I look in the mirror I'm a, you know I'm not happy with myself and I'm eating all that pizza over there and what do you do why don't we put something creamy and eerie for dessert when we have 50,000 calories of pizza no we put hot chocolate chip cookies at the end of it. so Joseph ends up with Pharaoh he he interprets the dream he gets And what happens? Remember that he said? He said he had a dream and and they were going to pay obeisance to him. They were going to come up and his his sheave was going to rise up above theirs. It happens. Joseph's put second in charge. Isn't that the way God works? You know, folks, can I tell you, sometimes it seems like uh, some pretty lousy things happen to some pretty great people. But you know what I found out? I found out that the lousy things make great people even greater. I found out that those of us who are tested by God and go through the things of God, I've found out that God uses that for our betterment. In the midst of things, that David Livingstone dying writes this great song that, you know, to this day makes me want to cry. Send me anywhere, you know, then talking about not having much time left, my life is almost past, I mean, it's almost past, there on the floor he dies. And his mission field, where he didn't lead one of them to the Lord for over a year, are lined up to dig up his heart and bury it and and just to hold it in a hand. And they wanted to know his God. And and so the brothers come, so they run out of court. There's a famine. So we got to know what Joseph translated. Joseph said, there's going to be some lean years around here. And Pharaoh, we need to store up. Your dream means that there's, there's going to be a drought. There's going to be some lean years. We need to store up our food to make sure Egyptians are taken care of. And they did exactly what he said. And here come the brothers. And, uh, they sh- and they don't know who Joseph is. Would you know Joseph? I mean, he leaves at 17 years old. He's wearing a coat of many colors, you know, and, uh, uh, and all of a sudden he's got the, the outfits that these people wore. Have you ever been to a museum over there in Egypt? It's crazy. And uh, I mean, they take two and a half years to make their shields and stuff for these people. They get temporary ones, they're constantly making new ones. Their teeth are covered with gold. I mean, there's so much, it's just crazy. His hair is flowing. People are combing his hair. He gets a shower every day. And and these other people are starving. They they didn't know who Joseph was. They thought Joseph was long gone. He was dead. And they came up begging. And you remember this story. They talk about brothers. They leave one there. They throw a silver cup in. I want to make this short because I I really want to get to the end of this. But this is what I want to tell you. There's several things I want you to remember about this story. They come back and they bring everybody and they bring the little brother and Joseph comes clean. You know, Joseph, a couple things I like about this. Joseph could have done anything he wanted to his brothers. He messed with them a little bit, Mm -hmm. but but you know that that purpose all came to something. And he went in the other room and cried. Joseph's heart was so right. Mm -hmm. So many of us want revenge so bad Mm -hmm. that we would have played with them for years to come, or never done anything with them. But Joseph came out and said, "Hey, it's it's Joe. Where's my coat of many colors at, fellas?" (laughs) I don't need it anymore. I'll just go ahead and wear this gold adorned thing with the tassels. and I'll just have my servants make me another one. Now, Joseph loved on him and cared for him, And, and, and I get to this verse. So there's a couple things we can learn here. But that verse 50, 20, we wrote a song about it. Uh, God meant it for good. But it says in, in, in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, it said, but as for ye, ye thought evil against me, talking to his brothers. You wanted to kill me. You wanted to do me wrong. You were used by the devil. God meant it unto good to bring this to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. What's God's purpose in your life? You know, as we wrap this up today, what's God's purpose in your life? All this junk we've been through, why was that there? You ever sat around and we can really fixate on the junk, can't we? we can fixate on the mess. And that's okay. You got to fix it. It's all right to ask why. We went through the book of Job. We were all messed up going through that, uh, those podcasts with the book. of Brother James caught up on them. He listened to all the Job ones. It was hard because Job, here's this obedient, wonderful guy. And sometimes he got pretty low. But he still shaved his head, put on the sackcloth, put on the ashes, was obedient to God. He was still trying to figure things out. He never did anything wrong to get there. Sometimes we say our trial is because I'm no good. I was doing something wrong. I, I was dressed the wrong way. I acted the wrong way. I was around wrong the wrong people. It's my parents' fault, whatever the case may be. Joseph just said, hey, God meant all this for good. You guys threw me in a ditch, You threw blood on me. Potiphar's wife tried to take me out. People at jail did me wrong. It didn't matter. God had an expected end to this, which is much better than I could have ever dreamed. You know, Abraham Lincoln had something to say about that verse 50 20. You know, Abraham Lincoln was born so poor, his dad died, his stepmother raised him. You guys know the whole story. He was our 16th president. He learned to read, would get books out of the library all the time. You you couldn't, and now that's a guy you don't want to loan a book to in heaven, praise God. You know what Abraham Lincoln said? He said, I realized one day sitting by the Mississippi River. Boy, wouldn't you like to talk to Abraham Lincoln about sitting by the Mississippi River? He said, one day I was sitting by the Mississippi River watching it flow, and I could make a decision that I could flow to or I could sit by this Mississippi River for the rest of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So where are we at tonight? I'm not sure. I just know God's Word says something very precious to me, and this is what it says. You're very prosperous when you accept God's plan for your life, when you accept Jesus Christ and you move out for Him. You're very prosperous. And wherever you go, whatever job God has to do for you, don't look in the mirror and see somebody you don't like. Just do whatever God has for you for that job. Be a Chick-fil-A employee wherever you go. My pleasure. I mean, make it twice. You don't like that sandwich? We'll give you two of them, praise yeah. God. It doesn't matter. You're going to be happy when you leave. That's going to be the best glass of lemonade you ever had, or we're giving you another one. So at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of things we think of ourselves. And we can, boy, the devil uses things against us. The devil pushes us in corners. The devil makes us think terrible things. And I've been there. I've lived there. That's been my zip code. But then we serve this great God. And we can fight this all we want, but there's nothing to fight. God, everything. Devil, making me feel bad. about it. Go away, devil. Get behind me. It's all over. Get behind me, man. I'm moving out. So we've got to make a decision tonight. Are we going to move out? I'm moving out. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God every day with the rest of my life. I probably won't be as good as Livingstone. I probably won't write a song while I'm dying there. But, boy, I hope I'm praying to Jesus and thanking Him for everything He's done in my life. We may not know when we go, but I do know this. We know when we live and we're alive right now, so let's live like we're alive right now. Let's, let's put this other stuff behind us. Let's live like Joseph where we're prosperous, no matter where we are. If we feel like we don't have the best job in the world, well, we got the best God in the world. Yeah. Yeah. If we feel like we're in jail, well, we serve the freest God who ever lived. Yes. If we feel like our brothers ripped us off and tried to get me killed and do all that, yeah, they did. But God meant it for good. Yeah. Dear Lord, we love you tonight. Yeah. You've been so good to us. And God, I think of the testimony. I think of these people who sit sit in front of me. God, among this room, in this room, are some of your greatest servants, and I I stand in awe of what you've done in their lives, and I pray that someday I can bring honor to you in all I say and do. I thought as our dear brother Kevin sang that wonderful song tonight, Lord, that I'm not there yet. I thought as I read the scripture, Lord, that I don't know if I could do what Joseph did, but Lord, I know you can do a work through my heart and what I'm supposed to do here on earth. Be with us, Lord, would you would you do a work with us tonight? We love you, in Christ's name. Eyes closed, heads bowed, just two minutes. I think it's important we talk to God tonight. Maybe if you've got something to say, that's all right. And uh, maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, you know, I, I got something, I got something on my heart I need to give to God. Will you pray for me? I promise there's no one looking around. There's not a head up of mine. Would you raise your hand and say, I got something I got to talk to God about. I see hands, one, two, three, anyone else, four, five you know what, my two hands are up, so that's seven. I saw one over on my right, that's eight, nine, whatever. But listen, here's the important thing. You don't even got to raise your hand. All you got to do is, in your heart, look up to God and say, God, yeah, I had a buddy of mine, he used to pray, and he. I remember one time I told him, I said,
0: oh.
1: Oh, well, some of you guys know him, I talk about him, Dr. Yo, I said, Dr. Yoho, our friend Bill is really going through something tonight. Dr. Yoho stopped whatever he was doing, and he said, God, Bill. Mm -hmm. Nothing else needed to be said. You know, would you do this for me tonight? Would you sit wherever you are tonight and look up and say, God, me? Maybe say, God, a couple names in there. He knows. You don't have to have a big dissertation with him. You don't have to be eloquent you don't have to be anything i believe god is walking amongst us right now it says wherever two or three are gathered in his name and we're gathered in his name tonight we're on holy ground right where you are will you look up to god with your heart and your mind i don't need to know about it and say god me god oh god everyone in this room we need you god we pray we say our prayer of love we say a prayer of respect we say a prayer God, sometimes we get wrapped around the axle and sometimes, dear Lord, we, we need you more than others. And I think tonight's one of those times that, that Lord, we wanna to come to you with all our hearts, with all our minds and all our souls and say, help us, guide us, lead us, bring us to that place, Lord, that you need us to be. Lord, bring us to that place that you mean for good. Please, take that evil from us, Lord, and throw it aside. We love you, Lord. We need you in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.